Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five podcast. Today is Tuesday, May 23rd. We are almost out of the month of May, which is absolutely mind-blowing. And like always today, it's brought to you by the Perry and Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perrion Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers. Catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, we are 72 days away from the NFL, 73 days away from high school football, and 95 days away from college football. And uh, we have a college football story on the morning five today. Uh, Will we be able to watch the Big Ten on TV? (laughs) Jeez, I don't know, man. (laughs) It's, It's getting worse and worse. Good Lord. Oh, man. Uh, today is National Taffy Day, Billy. Are you a fan of taffy? No. No? Okay. No, I'm not. Yeah, me either. Not a, don't like taffy. Uh, I don't like the taste. I don't like the texture. I don't like, like, you get stuck in your teeth. I don't know, man. I, I know my kids like that saltwater taffy that you always get from the beach. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm out on taffy, man. I've never been a fan of taffy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty terrible. It's it's pretty awful. Uh, yeah. So no, I'm 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 out. Passing hey, there's on. a uh, th- there's a sweet a dessert if you will a sweet treat that we both don't like. Yep, that's a first. That's, I, might, I was about to say it might be the first time ever on this podcast. That might be the first time ever in this podcast that we've agreed uh, on a sweet that we both don't like. Billy, something else we both don't like. That's the Braves falling to the Dodgers last night, eight to six. Uh, Eddie Rosario with three RBIs, Murph with two RBIs, Azuna with one RBI. And listen, I'm, I'm going to ask your opinion here because I think I'm in the minority. I don't know of, of, of all baseball fans, but at least from what I've seen online, I think I'm in the minority here. I don't have a problem with the way Marcelo Azuna swung the bat last night. I'm sorry Will Smith got hit in the head, but that's just how that's just how Marcelo Azuna swings the bat. He, he's He's swung the exact same way. His entire life, it's not like he swings a bat differently when Will Smith is behind the plate. I don't have a problem with that. And, and if you're Will Smith, like, adjust. It shouldn't be on the batter to adjust his swing not to hit the catcher. It should be on the catcher to adjust his stance or wherever he stands or whatever he does to not get hit by the bat. Yeah, that's fair. Um, to be fair to Will Smith, and I'm not vouching for him, Marcelo Zuna has hit a lot of catchers on his backswing, a lot. And and Will Smith, he's hit Will Smith quite a few times on his backswing. Yeah, so that's that's all I'm saying. It's he he's done it before, and and I think that's Will Smith's argument too when he hit him was like, look, I understand you don't you're not doing it on purpose, but this isn't the first time, you know. Um, but yeah, what what Marcel did was what Marcel does. So it's, I mean. I agree, adjust, but at the same time, it is for this, man. Yeah, I, I, I guess I understand, well, to your point, I understand where Will Smith is mad, but, like, if you get, 
like, you know, if, if I get stung by a, a, a bee when I walk into one certain part of a woods, like I'm not going to go into that certain part of the woods or I'm going to deviate from it or I'm going to change how I go through that certain part of the woods so I don't get stung by a bee. You know, if, if this batter comes up to bat every single time and I get hit uh, on his follow through every single time, well, you know what? Maybe I'll change something. But I tell you, I tell you who I'd really love to get the perspective of this from. I, I, I'd really like to hear what Coach Bianco has to say about yeah. it. I, I think, yeah, I think that'd be, I think that'd be very interesting to see because um, Coach Bianco's played, you know, catcher at a very, very high level before. So I'd love, I'd love to hear his, uh, his thoughts and takes on it um, about what he thinks uh, about this whole situation. Billy Charlie Morton last night, less than stellar, uh, five innings pitch, six earned runs, and five Ks. You know, we were kind of talking yesterday, uh, kind of debating back and forth on if if Morton is your second or third guy right now man i I just i I just i just don't know if i can trust morton in a game two situation in the playoffs right now look and honestly the first three innings he looked he looked fantastic um he did before he did i'll give you that inning he he kind of just lost and and you heard jeff um jeff francor and 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 tom glavin talk about it he just looked a little bit off on his spots like he was just missing and and if you watch where those pitches were missing, they were just missing off. Like you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a big miss. No, it wasn't. So it's it's it is one of those things that happens with pitching, especially with somebody like like Charlie, who's got two separate curveballs that will break in, in a different angle. Um, but I don't know, man. Like I, I still, I still am very, very confident in Charlie. It, it, you're right. He was less than stellar, but it, it was just that those two innings. Outside of those two innings, he was really, really strong. And um, we'll see how it happens the the rest of the week, because um, I'm sure he'll pitch what probably Sunday. Five days uh, from now, I'd assume something yeah, like that. So. Yeah, yeah, I would think. Um, um, yeah, and to be fair, that was that was Charlie's worst game of the season, and it's against the the team that's the second favorite to win the NL East so, or excuse me, the NL. So, um, uh, Saturday, Charlie Morton is scheduled to start Saturday versus the, okay, yeah. uh, so uh, yeah, to be fair, I mean, it's, it's Morton. didn't pitch great last night, obviously, but it was really the only, that's the only other time this, this year that he's been kind of, you know, terrible was against New York earlier in May when he went five and a third, giving up four and runs. Like that's right. not, uh, that's definitely not as bad as this Dodgers game, but it's not great. Um, the three point one six ERA. That's a little concerning. It's not horrible, but I, it's just three point one six. Crazy. I'm anything under three five. I'm happy. I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that. I guess. I hey, like I said, for a third for a third starter, not bad. Uh, you know, one of the crazy things about Charlie Morton that I didn't realize, Billy, that I'm looking at his stats right now. Do you know he's gotten a decision in every game he's pitched this year? Okay. I'm I don't I'm not gonna get on my soapbox this early this morning because I, I can't stand it, but I wins and losses of pitching mean absolute jack ish to me Whoa. anymore. What do you it, mean? No, what do you no. mean? Mm-hmm. So you're telling me those all those uh wins last year by Kyle Wright didn't mean anything? I'm telling you that it means jack crap because I can tell you how many times a pitcher has come in after Charlie Morton has pissed the bed in the fourth and fifth inning or the fourth inning 
and one pitcher has come in and pitched one pitch and somehow the Braves have have you know just swung the bats and pitched one pitch one pitch and they get a decision they get a win it's it's the dumbest thing man I, I don't like it I'm with you on that I'm with you on that. I don't like the fact that the starter has to go. What does he have to go to, to be eligible for a five? I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that, especially in today's day and age where hell we yank starters in the third inning. Sometimes I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. I think if you pit, I think it should be like two or three. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the, of the win loss stat either. I think it's something interesting to look at because you look at, I mean, like Charlie Morton was saddled with a loss versus San Diego. We lost one to nothing. He pitched six innings, gave up one earned run. And then he was saddled with a loss earlier in the season to San Diego. We lost four to one. He went five innings and gave up only two earned runs. So those are two those are two losses right there that in my opinion were quality starts. Absolutely. Um I th- I think I think the ERA and the whip are a much better tell of a, a pitcher's dominance. Um, and you know, like we said, a 3.61 ERA, not great, but it's, it's certainly, it's certainly fine. And then a 1.41 whip, um, you know, it's, it's okay. And to be fair, Charlie Morton started the season. I mean, in the entire month of April, he only had a two, seven, six ERA. Like that's, that's elite. That's really good. If you can get below three and just, you know, may hasn't been his month so far with a four, seven, oh, ERA, um, but you know we'll we'll see. It's not it's not like I'm saying we should bench Charlie Morton or trade Charlie Morton or cut him or anything no. like that. Uh, it's nice to see that Riley appears to be coming out of his slump. Good to see Ozuna and Rosario coming to hit as well, dude. Acuna is like they, they said level. it the other night. I was what? Uh, yeah, he's 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 MVP. He's the only person in the MVP race right now. And I don't remember what broadcast they were talking about it on the other day. They said who other than Acuna. Uh, do you think could win the MVP? And, and the announcer, it wasn't one of our announcers, the announcer said there, there is no other one. It's Acuna. That's the only, there is no other choice right now other than Acuna. He's separated himself uh, uh, from the pack. Um, the, the bullpen sometimes makes me want to, wants to drink Quick Crete. I think that's why they put that uh, advertisement on their jersey. Um, oh, dude, by the way, sorry, this was the first time I yeah. was actually able to sit down and watch a game last night. Since the okay. whole quick creep yeah. patch BS. Right. It drives me bat bit crazy. And you can edit that. I apologize. But dear Lord, drives me crazy. The fact that they move. It it depends on the batter or the, depends on the person where the patch is. Some of it's on your left shoulder. Some of it's on your right shoulder. Drives me crazy. If you're going to have a patch like that, you Put it on the same freaking shoulder or the same freaking sleeve. Don't do it on multiple sleeves. Oh. Yeah, that's very... I, I think all the pitchers have it on their glove arm. And I think all of... I think the right-handed batters have it on their left arm. And all of yep. the left-handed batters have it on their right arm. Which is dumb. Which that makes sense. I, 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 it... It's I, it's, dumb. I understand it from a, from an advertisement standpoint. I would have argued that the that the advertisement should have been on the pitching arm of the pitchers, but the the ones that I seem to remember now, the advertisement is on the is on the glove arm of the pitchers. But yeah, I mean, I understand it because that's you don't want it on the back shoulder or the back sleeve. You can't see the advertisement on TV. That's the whole point. The quick creep paid for it just to be, you know, to be. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree with the, I agree. The advertisement's dumb. 
I know, I know you and Matt hate it. Um, I, I don't, I don't hate the logo as much. Uh, I, I think there could have been a cooler sponsor to get, Look, or just, no sponsor at all. You're gonna you know? do it. Put it uh, on one. Don't do it on the. I, but I understand. I understand no. why it switches. No, it's, it's advertising. No. It's advertising space. Through that. Yeah. And that. Uh, well, I mean, you say that, but then if you say screw that to all the advertisement, the Braves yes, don't do. exist. The Braves, uh, they don't. don't. Don't start with me on that. The Braves are fine. I'm telling you, if 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 that's the attitude you have to advertisers, then the Braves don't oh. exist. Don't get me wrong. I love. You I love to the, make. You gotta I make concessions. Our group of adver- people who sponsor our podcast. But this is the dumbest thing to have it on multiple sleeves. I just don't like it. If you're gonna have it fine it drives me crazy anyway but if you're gonna have it have it on one sleeve don't have it on multiple sleeves drives me crazy yeah i understand where you're coming from but i understand what the advertisers want to they want more they want more screen time uh so the braves are back at it again tonight and they fall to the los angeles freddie freeman dodgers last night eight to six start time tonight is seven twenty. who we got going tonight do you know off the top of my head no but Freddie Freeman continues to stay uh, hot. Strider. Yeah, he does. Three-run <laughs> shot last night. Uh, standing ovation in the first, struck out by Charlie Morton, then came came in and hit an absolute towering three-run shot. A hustle double, eventually. too. I won the game. Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah, I must have. a hustle double. That he, it was just a ground missed. ball oh, was... up the middle. Passed it like a baseman. I had a... I had the Braves game on my TV while I was doing iRacing last night, doing a little Indy 500 testing, just in case anybody calls me up and needs me to uh, to head up to Indy to do a uh, to do a 500. So you know, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready if anybody's listening. Strider pitching tonight for the Braves at 7:20. Billy, we we are starting a new series here on TM5. We're going to start an all-time series where we go through each of the big professional sports series in America and, and put together our all-time team. We're starting out with the NHL, and today we have the NHL defenders. Billy, so I, I put my two defenders down there. I think you pretty much knew one of those guys was going to be on there for me. Billy, hit me with your two best all-time All right, my NHL first guy defenders. is a 20-year NHL vet where he played for just one team. He's a four-time Lordo winner, 97, 98, 02, and 08, a seven-time Norris winner. If this sounds familiar, Bryce, it's because he's one of your guys. He won the Smythe in 02. He's also <laughs> a gold medal winner in Turin in 2006. and was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2015. In a 20-year career, he had a plus 450 on the iron. Jesus, dude. Oh, oh that my. That was That's just insane. in the regular season and had just over 1,100 points. In the playoffs, he needed <laughs> he had an additional 54 goals and 129 assists and was plus 61 in the playoffs. So if you add up the math, <laughs> that's, crazy. that's a plus 511 overall. His teammates called. I, I, want, I wonder if we could throw his hockey plus minus in there too i wonder if that would make it even more lucrative that's because that's crazy that's that's an his insane teammates number right called him the perfect human but his nickname was saint nicholas as he brought gifts when he was on the ice he is the great swede nicholas lidstrom that's our my first one 
Yep, my first one too. I'm right there with you. I tell you, I tell you the reason I didn't even have to do any research oh. to put Nicholas Lindstrom in there because I remember when I first when I first started watching hockey, uh, I was a Penguins fan um, because I love I loved Yamir Yager and Mario Lemieux and Tomas Sandstrom and all those guys from there. And it seemed like the Detroit Wet Red Wings wore the thorn in the Penguins' side year after year, and I grew to hate the Red Wings. And Nicholas Lindstrom was like the one guy that I hated the most. Couldn't stand Nicholas Lindstrom. So, um, yeah, he he was on my list before I even started doing any research on who I should put on here. So, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, number one, Nicholas Lindstrom. My second guy is a three-time Lordo winner. Three-time Norris winner, seven-time All-Star, was an all-rookie team um, announced in 1985. 26-year career, Bryce. 26 years. Over Holy 1,650 games. Years. 948 points, 300, uh, plus 351 in his career. I had to pick this guy, A, because... He was a former Thrasher and a former Blackhawk. He is Chris Chelios. Ah, uh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I, how long did Chelios play for uh, the Blackhawks? Let's see. Seven, uh, nine years with the Blackhawks. Did he? Did Chris Chelios yes. ever play for the uh, ten Red years, Wings? Ten years with the Red Wings. That's what nine years that's... with Chicago. Uh, seven years with Montreal, and one year with Atlanta. What do you have the years that he played with uh yes. with the Detroit Red Wings? Uh, oh, it was ninety eight through two thousand nine. Okay. I knew I remembered that name. That was that was late nineties was sorta of when I was or mid to late nineties was sorta of when I was getting hockey. I remember that Chris Jellios name. Yeah. Like I said, the, the the Red Wings seemed to always be the thorn in the side. Uh, for the uh, the Penguins who I was a fan out at the time. Not anymore though, not a fan of Sid the Kid. I'm a Blue Jackets fan. We're terrible. Uh, my my second defender, the guy that wraps up my list, is going to be Bobby Orr. Uh, I mean, uh, Orr is Orr is probably the greatest defender to ever live. Although he played when we had black and white television, so it's sort of hard to compare to the current players and right. the salary cap era. Um, no no player changed the way that hockey is played more than Orr did. No defender dominated the game the way Orr did, and there's a strong argument to be made that he might be the greatest player of all time. I don't know, a goat. Goat status still uh, still gives to one special player in hockey, but Bobby Orr is up there in the same breath. He, he finished as the league's leading scorer as a defender two different times. He topped the 100-point mark in six consecutive seasons and won the Norris Trophy in eight consecutive seasons. Nobody won it more than him, and no defender has more 100-point seasons than Bobby Orr. The rest of the defenders in NHL history combined for only eight such seasons. So Bobby Orr is my second defender on this all I NHL team from GM5. The players you were going to pick. I just knew it. I knew you were going to pick Orr, number one. And I knew you were going to get Lidstrom. Yep. Those are the two that are probably the biggest the biggest I, names as far as defensive players are concerned. I I picked Chelly. Chelly's a right-handed, and, and this is this is going back to, I, I wanted to pick a starting lineup that's going to be ridiculously tough. Um, so, like, if I were to pick right. a fantasy lineup and we were to put it in NHL 24, yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. I would want 
Chelly on one side and Lidstrom on the other. And Lidstrom was a left-handed shot. Chelly was a right-handed shot. So that was perfect for me. I'll be honest with you. I honestly thought about putting Ty Domi in here just for his enforcer days. Like, I used to love watching Ty Domi when I was a little kid. Just feed people. I I I, really thought about putting him in It it was a tough choice between um, Chelly and and Niedermeyer. Because Niedermeyer was was just so good. (laughs) The guy from Animal House? I, I almost picked them, and I was going to have you like uh, so have yeah. to pull that um, that clip. Niedermeyer, Niedermeyer. <laughs> so we'll we'll wrap up the rest of the uh, NHL all time greats later on this week. We have uh, we have the wings tomorrow. We have the center on Thursday, and then we have the goalie on Friday. So we'll have our complete team, and once we have our complete well, team, we'll we will release it obvious, on right? social media. There's, it's uh, it's a hundred percent obvious, no and honestly, yeah, it's what? there's only one. <laughs> no, there's 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 only one, and I went back and forth on, you know, I liked a couple guys, but I, so so when we get to other sports, I might have some surprise picks sure. because I know them a bit more intimately, and I can argue for guys, you know, back and forth. But the NHL, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I don't know it as intimately as I do like the NBA, MLB, NFL stuff like that. So. Um, I, I rely on a lot of the research that I do and a lot of the stuff that I read. So, but I mean, the, the center was not one of those picks where I had to do research and read and look at stats and stuff. That was yep. off the top of my head. Boom. He's number one. No doubter. Uh, Billy, big question. Is the big 10 dead? Um, are they, are they dying? I, I think Kevin Warren did a phenomenal job of trying to out, kill the no big less. 10 conference, but, uh, he is, he is out on his way out. Yeah. Um, uh, it it just proves again this article that came out yesterday that the SEC is king and Greg Sankey is the best commissioner in, in best commissioner in all of college football. Uh, so the Big Ten came out with an article yesterday. Uh, Pete Thamel on ESPN. If you haven't read it, I suggest you go read it. It's a great great article. Uh, the Big Ten they are going to have to pay back nearly forty million dollars to Fox because according to sources. Kevin Warren delivered NBC the Big Ten football title game in 2026 without the full authority to do so. This all has unfolded under the complicated backdrop of the Big Ten conference not actually controlling the rights to the inventory of this last deal. Uh, They are going to have to pay back $25 total for a deal to pay back Fox for the lost 2020 football game inventory. This came after an arrangement between Fox and the conference that was unable to muster the lost revenue for the COVID-19 season. There's tens of millions of dollars of value of the NBC primetime deal in flux as Petit or uh, Petiti, I think is how you pronounce his name, has been racing to ensure it keeps as much of its original value as possible. Historically in the Big Ten, after the first weekend in November, schools were not required to play night games for a myriad of reasons. Health, recovery, campus logistics, among other things. Uh, these were all known in league circles as tolerances and prior television contracts accounted for them. Multiple sources have told ESPN there's been pushback from a number of schools, including Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, the three schools that control the Big Ten, to not play those night games, or excuse me, to play those late November night games under the new contract. While this is being worked through, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State recently agreed to concessions to make short-term sacrifices to help the lead make up for some of its lost revenue from the NBC deal. 
Penn State will play on the road in a short week on Black Friday against Michigan State, a game that was scheduled before Penn State agreed to it. And Ohio State will host Michigan State on November 11th, the latest ever home night game in Ohio State history, which is viewed as another concession to help the league through this moment. Billy, my question to you is how the hell is the the college is college football's second biggest league in this big pile of crap thanks to kevin warren how does this happen man how do you get here how is it possible to drive this if bus so far off the cliff kevin warren came on you and i were not like we we read about him we were like this this guy's a freaking jackass no. Yeah, neither and one of us were fans of He Kevin just Warren. completely Absolutely. destroyed what the Big Ten was. I mean, if you look at what he did as a Big Ten commissioner, there was. I'll, I'll wait on something he did good. You know? It, it, There's not much. Uh, I don't, so I don't have anything off the top of my head. I mean, other, other than trying oh, to destroy football God, in the COVID year. started with him. Good Lord. Um, but yeah, it's horrible. He, yeah. The Big Ten, I, I hate it for them. I really do. But I, and I've, you and I have had this discussion. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of Ohio State. I'm not a fan of the Big Ten. It's, there's a, there's a difference. You know, and it's, it's not like, oh well, I'm a Georgia fan. I'm, a, I'm, so that makes me a fan of the SEC. No, no, it doesn't. No, it, I'm, I'm a fan of my team. I don't have to be a fan of the conference. And the conference right now is a dumpster fire. And I hate the fact that Ohio State's a part of it. And I know the fact that Ohio State could probably go independent if we wanted to and, and make plenty of money because of the donors that can back Ohio State. But it is what it is. So, um, yeah, it's I hate uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Kevin Warren and I hate it for my son, who's a Chicago Bears fan now has to deal with him um, in Chicago. So, Why is he a Chicago Bears uh, fan? Does actually, he, you know what? Does he love pain? Look, and you'll, you'll appreciate this because I know you. He's a big fan of Justin Fields because of Ohio State. So he followed Justin Fields to Chicago and wanted to be a Chicago Bears fan because of Fields. Okay. All right. Well, hey, at least... Yeah. Uh, at least Aaron Rodgers is out of that division, I guess. That's a, that's a nice thing. But yeah, I mean, it's this this is a huge mess, man. This is a, I mean, forty million dollars, twenty five million dollars, all this money they're having to pay back. It, it's it's a huge mess. It'll be interesting to see what the Big Ten does going forward here. Um, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan they they essentially drive the Big Ten. So whatever they whatever decision they want to make with this TV deal, they should be able to get it done. But it's a it's a complete mess. It's a it's a complete mess that Petiti has to come in and kind of sweep up after Kevin Warren has tried yep. to Let's try to the best South score board Big Ten last football. night in the association. The Nuggets beat the Lakers one thirteen to one eleven and sweep LeBron and the Lakers right out of the playoffs. Bye bye, bye Lakers. Yeah, not a good, not a good, a uh, not a good Western no. Conference final for LeBron. Uh, and the, the Panthers Lakers. in the NHL beat the Canes one to nothing, and Florida now leads that series, commanding style, three to nothing. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> oh, there. That's the uh, yeah. That's I'm telling you, man. I know the games have been close in these basketball and hockey playoffs, 
But like the fact that no, 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 you know, one side of the matchups haven't won a game. Oh, no. Like, no, I think yeah, a lot I, of the I, juice out of it, man. I, the, I like the close the games. Fact that but this was the first. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this was the first game. Um, pretty much all these playoffs that haven't gone to overtime in the in the conference finals. Yeah, but nobody's the other That's team hasn't won it. It's all been sweeps by, by one team. I mean, I understand. I understand where you're. Oh, see, no, I, I, I like I, it. I don't think that's great. Um, that's boring. I don't care if you get if you give me four straight games of sweep. All four of those games are I'll close. See. I don't care because it if doesn't the games, matter if they if win. The games one. are close. It matters I'm, I'm a little bit if they win it. two. Yeah, I want to. I want a game six. I want a game seven that matters. I don't want a you know a game four where a team's up three to nothing and they have one you know close game and they win one. Like, On the no, Smith floor covering no juice there. The I want more juice. Calendar. Tonight in the association, the Celtics will look to try to get a game in on the Heat. The Heat are up three games to nothing. Let's see if the Heat can sweep the Celtics tonight and match up with the Nuggets in the NBA championship. Uh, on the in the NHL, the Golden Knights are at the Stars. Las Vegas leads that series two games to nothing right now, and as they head to Dallas for their first game in Dallas in the series, that's your Smith for covering the games and events calendar. Billy, absolutely. You need another cup of coffee? Let's do it. Another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strawn with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Tom Brady reaches an agreement to buy ownership stake in the Raiders. My Billy, question this is, is kind of surprising. My other question is, what is that going to do to your Fox? I don't know. Like, are, are you okay being an owner in a in a I, I, in a team that you have to call games on? That's my, that's my point. Are, are, is Fox going to allow an owner to call a game? Yeah, I don't know, man. This is this was weird too. Like, the, like he doesn't have any ties to the Raiders. Like. I don't know. It's very, very odd, man. That's going to be an interesting situation to watch the closer we get to the NFL season. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. NFL owners vote to okay flexing of Thursday night games. But they have to. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I know Al Michaels is going, thank you, God, for this. Because, dear Lord, those Thursday night yeah, games him last and, year him and Kirk were Herbstreet. freaking terrible. I think they had probably one game that was awesome. Yep. The the resolution yeah. Maybe, maybe one <laughs> maybe. Uh the resolution will allow the league to flip a Sunday afternoon game into Thursday night and move the original scheduled game to Sunday afternoon during weeks thirteen through seventeen. The NFL must file notice no later than twenty eight days before the game, an increase of nearly two weeks from earlier proposal. No team will be required to flex to a Thursday night game more than one time a season. And the maximum number of Thursday night games will remain two per team. So this this flex is only allowed weeks 13 through 17. Those matchups right now are Seahawks at Cowboys, Pats at Steelers, Chargers at Raiders, so there's Saints at Rams, and Jets at Browns. <laughs> there is a chance, but I would be pretty surprised if any of those games got flexed into a into a Sunday because all those matchups should be should be good. Should be. Should be. The quotation marks around that. Uh, Wilson fractures his vertebrae in Ugh. crash during Indy 500 practice. Yeah, rough, man. Absolutely rough. Stefan Wilson fractured his back during a heavy crash 
with Catherine Legg in practice for the Indy 500 on Monday. And the injured driver will not be allowed back into the car for the 107th running of the greatest spectacle yep. in racing. Yep. Sad. Right, right before, right before the race. Uh, we got some updates from Trojan Golf down in South Georgia. Luke Abel, uh, who shot a school postseason record round of 65 yesterday at a golf uh, country club, Kinderloo Forest Golf Country Club. Never heard of that. Uh, additionally, Luke tied the all-time Trojan record of scoring to par at seven under, and I believe he has a three-shot lead right now after round one. And then on the girls' side in Moultrie, the girls are in sixth place right now after round one. And the boys overall, as a team, they sit uh, in fourth at Kinderloo Forest Golf Club. The weather did not slow Luke Abel down, though he is in the individual lead right now. So the uh, the girls' team tied for sixth, and the boys' team right now tied for fourth after round one down in South Georgia for the uh, for the Carrollton Trojan Golf Team. So doing good work. Uh, doing good work down there. I know Central also has their golf team playing in the playoffs this week. I haven't seen an update from them yet, but if we uh, if we get one or I see one on social media, we'll be sure to pass it along. To we'll get Nathan here. on that today. Uh, Billy, and today in do what? Yeah, get get Nathan Nathan on that. Tell him we missed him at the uh, Central Golf Tournament. By the way, it was a little little. I, I figured he'd be there. Um, and today in 2021, speaking of golf, PGA Championship men's golf at the Ocean Course in Kiwa Island, Phil Mickelson becomes the oldest major winner in history at 50, wins his sixth major by two strokes over Brooks Kepka and Louis Oosthuizen. <laughs> I can't believe you don't like Phil. Uh, nope. World-class human being. World, world-class human being right there, Phil. Phil Mickelson. You got anything else to say today, man? <laughs> For Billy Lindahl, I am Bryce Borland. We will see you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake them!